0: For a radio. What community sounds
1: like State.
0: Welcome to episode 45 of Tap the Craft. My name is Denny Luce and along with me is my buddy John Ream and we are going to guide you on your craft beer journey by passing on our knowledge and our experience to you, listener. We are recording this episode on Sunday, April 10th, 2016 and in this episode we are going to be discussing the art of turning 21. The rules to a fun and safe experience while you're, uh, you know, you're finally legal to drink. So, hey, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it right. Also, we have a news article, and, of course, we have our Duval Tasting Notes segment. So, go out there and get that Duval uh, Ale, and get ready to taste along with John.
1: Yeah, go get it, Danny. Come yes,
0: on. yes. <laughs> and, of course, you know that John and I will still have our beer banter that will keep you entertained for at least an hour. But... Before we get into all that awesome beer talk, John, how is your
1: bachelor days going? So, they're nearing nearing—they're nearing an end. Oh. Uh, so, in the two or three days here, I'll go pick up the family at the airport and things will be back to normal. Uh, but, you know, trying to take advantage. So, yesterday I did a, a Ballard Brewery, uh, I guess, crawl, you could say. All right. Uh, so, a buddy of mine, uh, we we went up and hit seven different places. Whoa! Um, just grabbing a beer and going to the next place. Um, and uh, so we let's see. We went to Populux Brewing, uh, Peddler Brewing. Uh, those two were my favorite stops of the mm-hmm. of the uh, day. Okay. Um, I'd never been to either of them before. Um, went to Hilliard's, uh, Northwest Peaks. Uh, Rubens. Ah, Uh Which is also a favorite, but it, I, I knew, knew what Rubens was before we got there.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. We,
1: we may have mentioned it a couple times. Uh,
0: one or twice. One or twice.
1: Um, so, and then we also went to Stoop Brewing and Lucky Envelope. Oh, wow. I think that was it.
0: Okay. Yeah. So so now you went and you just
1: had one beer at each of these places, or did you have some samples of, of the ones you that you weren't familiar with? No, nope. we just grabbed a beer. Uh, sometimes the same, sometimes different. So a couple of places, you know, we got to try a couple of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and it was a great day. Like the weather was perfect for yeah. walking around Ballard. So um, but we're, were it all out really well. Were all the breweries pretty well pretty close to each other, or were they distanced out? Uh, they they're all within like five blocks. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they're they're in like a couple little clusters um, so it works out really well
0: well good good well and and when the weather is nice nothing's better than to to go and grab a beer walk down to the next place and grab another I mean enjoy the good weather and the, and a little bit outdoors too so you're not just uh, sitting inside all, all the time that's good
1: yeah it was nice
0: yeah excellent excellent well you know I also spent the day yesterday out uh, enjoying some beers at the brewery, uh, and we visited, uh, I have a, uh, we have a guy from Israel that has just relocated here, and he, uh, he's he been here before, and he's, he's tested, you know, tasted all the breweries, but he, he hadn't gone out and visited the Crooked Flats Brewery, well actually it's Crooked Fence Brewing, uh, but they have a new site located out in uh, a rural area, and they call it the Crooked Flats. And it's kind of more of an event area where they have the ability to have uh, I'm assuming weddings and parties and things out there out in in more more area, and they're we're able to put their brewery out there so it's got a lot more space for them to to brew their stuff up and honestly, uh, you know, I I visited Crooked Fence and, and tried their beers when they first opened up, you know, about four or five years ago. And I thought they had some okay stuff, nothing special, and I kind of stayed away from them. But I I, I wanted to give them a, a new visit, a revisit their brewery, and see if the beers were any better than I remembered them being from my first tastings. Now, of course, of the beers I had, there was only three of them, or three or four that I'd had before. And there was 12 beers altogether, and so that was a good... Amount of new beers that I hadn't had from them that was kind of nice to to taste and and I'll tell you what I was surprised they have made improvements to some of their the beers that I had tasted before and the new ones that I had I thought they were done pretty well so it was a good trip and they had a nice patio and we were outside in the in the sun with the eighty degree weather just you know it was feeling really nice so and and of course we finished that place and then we had to go hit a couple more because you know we can't stop at 1 you just got to keep going so that's so we also had a pretty good pretty good day yesterday
1: yeah and a nice weekend all around
0: yeah yeah all right well hey before we start you know we've already got into our little bit of beer talk but before we get too far in you know it wouldn't quite be a craft beer show if we weren't drinking craft beer wow we're talking about craft beer so john tell me you have uh, tell me you didn't drink too much yesterday and you still have Enough stamina to handle a craft beer tonight.
1: Oh yeah, we're professionals. We know what we're doing. Okay. Uh, so tonight I am drinking Uinta Ready Set Goes, uh, mm. which is brewed with salt uh, and organic coriander. Oh, according to the can. Okay. Um. So yet yeah, we've talked about uh, a few goes. I think uh, lately, because it seems like everybody's is uh, coming out with one uh, these days. And, uh, you know, it is traditionally brewed with salt. Um, but I would say more often than not, I never really perceive the salt in a substantial way. Mm -hmm. Um, at least in a way that says, Oh, there's salt in here. Uh, this beer, there's salt in there. Um, (laughs) you, you can taste it, uh, right away. Um, and it's, From sip to sip, sometimes it's borderline too much, and sometimes it just seems right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they're really flirting with the line, I think, um, at least for my palate. Okay. Um, But, I mean, overall, this is very pleasant and easy to to drink. Easy
0: easy to drink, light on the alcohol content, I'm sure. It's probably under 4%, I'm
1: guessing, right? Uh, Let's see. It should be around there. Yeah, it's it on the can though.
0: Okay. I I think I have this beer in my fridge. I picked it up uh last week and I cuz every time I see a Goza I have to grab it if I haven't had it cuz I'm always curious on how different breweries, you know, what how they do it. And now it sounds like they went in and and maybe grabbed a little bit too much of that salt lake uh, salt and put a little bit too much in there. Maybe <laughs> that's why it's uh it's it's not uh you know just a a a, a subtle hint. It's more crazy. Uh, maybe they're using that that fancy Salt Lake salt, and, and it's just not uh, consistent. But yeah, I, I'm glad you're trying it. And is it something that you might
1: have again, or do you think that you'll pass on this in the future? I wouldn't be opposed to it. It, it wouldn't be the first goes that I go for.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Um, and I did find it; it is four percent. Okay. Really tiny on the back side. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what? How about you? What are you drinking tonight?
0: I am drinking a beer from Montana, and it's from the Bitterroot Brewing Company. It's called the Blown Out Nut Brown Ale, and I picked, this is one of the cans I picked up when I was in Pocatello this last, the weekend before last, when I was there for my daughter's 21st birthday, I actually found a bottle shop that I hadn't visited there before. I didn't realize the small town of Pocatello actually had a craft beer store that sold craft beer. Now, it's kind of a wine and craft beer store, but they had a nice selection of of different beers that uh, I can't you know I couldn't get in in Boise now I now I'm wondering because now I've seen a couple of the beers that I hadn't just happens that week must have been the week they started distributing you know beers into into further into Idaho but at that time I hadn't seen them so I picked up 12 beers that I couldn't get uh, in in the Boise area and this is one of them and I'll tell you what I uh, I've really been after we started drinking our moose drool you know the, the other couple shows ago i mm-hmm. uh, I really started you know wanting to taste more browns i I do enjoy browns I think they get a short end of the stick sometimes because people just don't either breweries people don't maybe people don't like it as much so breweries aren't apt to you know have that as a steady beer on their uh, on their uh, their line of beers but I've kind of gone out on my way lately to go pick up browns and see if it's you know if it's something that is good or or bad and and I'll tell you what i've I've had some really good ones um, this is a really good brown it has a night nice, it has a really good uh, roasty malt up front uh with a little bit of a like like coffee notes in the in the back of it very light I wouldn't say very light medium bodied but not you know definitely not up to where you'd have you know' just below it'd be a light porter. Yeah, if it was anything, but it's a it's a good hearty brown, you know, teetering on the the lighter porter side, uh, but not, you know, you, when you when you hold this beer up to the light, you can definitely see that it's not, you know, it's definitely a brown ale. You, you can see light through it, and it gives you a nice brown, light brown uh, tint or hint, you know, uh, hue to it. Uh, but yeah, I'm very I'm very happy with this beer, and I will search it out and. Uh, and pick up more of it
1: if I see it come
0: into the Boise area.
1: Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've actually picked up a couple of uh, Browns recently too. I just haven't gotten around to, to drinking them yet.
0: Oh, well, good. So. Good. And and you know we talked before that in my opinion the best Browns were the ones that were the Hoppy Browns in the past. I really liked the Hoppy ones, and we just dis- we discovered that, or I discovered that that's now called the Brown IPA. So. In my style categories, I'm kind of, you know, I'm trying to separate myself and keeping the brown ales with the more, uh, you know, not-so-bitter finish, uh, you know, having that uh, maybe a little bit sweeter finish than uh, than the brown IPA. So I'm I'm definitely trying to, to do my best to separate the two styles. Uh, but I'm glad you're picking them up, too. I'll be curious to see if you, you know, if you're enjoying those uh, in, in the upcoming episodes. Okay, well... John, um, we mentioned that you did come across uh, a few breweries yesterday, but um, I don't know if, if any of those beers you tasted were noteworthy or something you want to talk about, or were there any beers that you had in the last two weeks that you think that myself and our listeners would, would like to try and that we should go out and, and look for?
1: Uh, so I did have some good stuff yesterday, but I'm not going to talk about any of that. <laughs> okay. Um, because there's a couple other things that I want to highlight. Um, so I mentioned either last episode or the episode before that I'd had a an India Pale Lager, you know, that had been fermented in a barrel. Uh, yeah. That I really enjoyed. It was really clean. Um, well, I had the opportunity to have another India Pale Lager, uh, not fermented in a in a barrel this time, but. It is a collaboration between Rubens Brews and Bale Breaker, two Washington breweries out here. Bale Breaker was started on a family hop farm Mm -hmm. um, out in uh, Yakima region, and uh, Rubens is here in Seattle, and they're both very good. So I was excited to to try their collaboration, and I was not let down at all. Uh, It was very clean. The hops just leapt out of the glass um you know it started out with just a a nice mix of citrus and tropical and a little resin and uh as it warmed up you got a lot more into that resin uh aspect of the hops but i really enjoyed this beer uh and i um may have to go grab some more before it leaves the shelves okay Uh, so um but it was really nice and i'm you know it's it's kind of a I'm hoping that it'll maybe be a little bit of a trend to see some of these, uh, you know, hoppy loggers mm-hmm. coming through because people seem to maybe be figuring out how to do it. Um, is it a couple of years ago? I don't know that that was the case.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the early on um, India pale lager, I guess they call it IPLs. They they were – kind of lacking but I do have to admit that there's been a, a few I've had lately that really stepped up their game and really taste really taste nice so I'm glad to see that that two of our two of the breweries really enjoy I really like the stuff that you've uh, provided me from Bell um you know a lot of hop you know th- those beers usually have a lot of hops in them because again they're from Yakima so of course they got to have a lot of good hop characteristics in there and then of course the Rubens brews. There hasn't been one that you you haven't given me a, a sample of that I haven't just goo-goo-eyed over. So uh, it sounds like a perfect match. So I'm hoping that when I uh, we haven't mentioned this, but I'll be visiting you for your birthday in a couple weeks, and yeah. we'll be doing we're going to be going to the Washington Collaboration Beer Festival, and I'm hoping this will be on on a sample for me so I can try it at the festival.
1: Yeah, I think it will be because they were listed as being paired for the festival. So I'm assuming they just, you know, got a hit in ahead of time and made a whole lot. So all right. Um, hopefully it'll be there because I definitely want everybody to be able to to try it to, tr- to try it. Because
0: <laughs> because yeah. you, uh, you 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 bogared that whole bottle for yourself, didn't you? You drank that. Whole I did. Thing? Okay. Yeah, I drank it all by myself. <laughs>
1: Um, all right, so another one I want to talk about uh, is more to highlight a style that you don't see very often, um, but when it's done right, it's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's this is from Holy Mountain Brewing uh, here in Seattle. Uh, it's their black beer, um, which you also see called a Schwartz beer. Yes, um, but this thing was just excellent, um, in my opinion. Uh, Just, you know, had nice little touches of that dark malt character, but was still really easy to drink, not overly bitter. You just got the flavor, you know, that you were looking for without, you know, more bitter astringency that you can get in some of the bigger stouts, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I was happy to see this because I've I've met the founder of Holy Mountain before uh, when they were first... Getting going, and uh, I d- haven't really seen their beer around, but happened upon it uh, last week, so had to have one, and uh, I was not disappointed. Wow!
0: So. Yeah, sounds great. I, I also, you're right. The Swartz beer, very very few breweries brew that type of a style, and usually it's like a one off thing. They'll do it one time as a as a special beer, and then you'll never see it again. So I, when I have a chance of of grabbing one, uh, I always. I always try to to grab it if I see it because I I do enjoy that style too. So hey, I'm I'm glad that Holy Mount. Now, is this something that they're going to be doing normally, or is this again a one off thing? They just tried, you know, a style they
1: tried. Uh, that I don't know. I got it at a pizza place, so it oh. was like somebody <laughs> to talk to about it. All um, right, but yeah. Um. All right. So before we dive in, I feel like the people want an untapped update. Uh-oh. You know, I can hear them clamoring for it. Okay. So, get
0: get the latest numbers.
1: You know, we mentioned we went out, we both went out yesterday, had had a few uh drinks and uh you had the advantage over me of uh your your trip to celebrate uh Haley's 21st. Yes. So, <laughs> you did uh recapture for some uniques away from me. Okay. And um, you you stopped my uh, my streak of lowering the to- or the difference between us so i'm currently standing at 1786 oh good leagues, and you crept over the 1900 line
0: 1903
1: ah and uh so i'm now back to 117 behind
0: but, oh okay so I, know, don't, I only gained what like three or four beers then 12 oh i gained 12 beers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes. I must've drank a lot this last uh, two weeks.
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No. And I, I, when I saw the, your, your check-ins from uh, Pocatello, I was like, well, he he's going to pull away a little bit this week, but it's all right. <laughs> it's a long <laughs> eater. We'll get there.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, and then, uh, you know, I don't have any big plans for the next two weeks, except for when I come visit you, I'll probably be partaking heavily in beer. So you have, you have a, a chance to uh, to to shrink that that uh, that margin a little bit. So keep yeah. drinking. Huh?
1: I'll just take advantage. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. So what's All your right. what's
0: your last beer? The last beer you want to talk about?
1: So the last one that I think deserves a mention uh, is something called Chaco Tasso. What? If, uh, you've heard of this? I think it's uh-huh. I th- it's it's the crave of the internet. Yeah, I, I, hashtag Chaco Tasso has been trending for a while. But, oh yeah, um, but uh, this was brewed by our buddy Robert. Yeah. Uh we talked about it, his homebrew. Uh, he was kind enough to to send us some to to try out, um, and I think we both enjoyed it. Yes, it's uh, fair to say. So, um, but yeah, I uh, I put my notes in Untapped at that had a, a bit of a boozy nose, mm-hmm. but a really silky mouthfeel, milk chocolate flavor, uh with a bit of coffee and, and a more bitter finish than the rest of the beer. Mm-hmm. So that was my uh my take on it. How what what were your what were your notes for, for Chaco Tasso?
0: So it's very similar to what you um you have, but you know what? I'm I'm not prepared like you were and actually had my, my thing pulled up so I'm just gonna pull it up real quick <laughs> so that uh, I can actually say exactly what I, uh, what I, what I said. And, okay. So I, I also got the booziness. I didn't write it in my notes, I don't think, about the, the booziness. But I agree with you. In the nose, it's definitely smelled more boozy than it actually came across in the flavor. That surprised me. I was just, when, when I smelled it, I'm like, oh, snap, this is going to be, you know, way hot. Um, but, but it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. So, uh, I said it has big chocolate t- Okay. So here, I actually kind of, uh, it took me a while. It wasn't until I got probably almost to the end of this beer before I could really grasp the flavor I was trying to, t- trying to put words to. And it finally hit me that the chocolate flavor that I was getting. It reminded me of back in the days when I was, when I eat Tootsie Rolls. Now I haven't ate a damn Tootsie Roll since I was a kid, but remembering <laughs> back to when I was a kid, you know, back in the Stone Age, it really reminded me of the same flavor you get, uh, from sucking on a Tootsie Roll or a Tootsie Pop, you know, like the inside of a Tootsie Pop. Same thing. Tootsie Roll, uh, nougat. That's what the chocolate, uh, flavor reminded me of. Um, also had a nice roasted malt, uh, finish. Um, it, I didn't mention the coffee. Uh, oh yeah, I did say, I said, oh yeah, I forgot to mention the coffee strong, strong and adds a bit of bitterness, not distracting. No. So that I, I mentioned in my, uh, I had to, I had to actually add a comment after that cause I wrote too much, but yeah, the, uh, there was some coffee notes in there. It did provide a little bit of, of a bitterness to the finish, which is okay. I you know, it's a, it's a big stout. It's okay to have a little bit of a, a little bit of bitterness to it, um, but I didn't have the booziness that I was expecting. Like you mentioned, it, it was really smooth, and I, I thought that it hid that nine percent alcohol pretty good. My, I mean, besides the nose, besides the aroma, uh, I didn't get a, a you know heat off of it. Do you agree, yeah. or did you disagree? Yeah,
1: I agree. It was pretty much only in the nose for yeah. me, um, but uh, it definitely, th- I think that gave it a little extra sweetness. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well. I agree. Um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, overall, I, I enjoyed it.
0: It's a, so. it's a great beer. Um, I gave it a four and a quarter cap rating. Um, I don't know what, I mean, I, 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 I try to think of what, uh, I don't have anything negative to say about it. I think it's a great beer. I don't know. I mean, I, could I give it a five? I probably could give it a five, but, uh, and and, and on, on the next one I drink, Maybe I'll bump my score up a little bit more. I know that when Robert first started drinking his beer, he gave it like two and a half or something, like some really low mark on the first bottle he drank. I'm like, wow, is it that bad? But then he, as he drank it, he kept rating it a little bit different. Now, I think he was rating it different because he was on his third one that night. And so <laughs> as you're drinking more and more, you're going to be enjoying it more and more. But uh besides that, it it is a good beer, especially for the first beer, that this uh, gentleman has ever brewed, I thought it was uh, very, uh, for one thing, it wasn't a simple beer as far, I mean, I, it seemed like it was kind of, you know, a little bit complex, had a lot of stuff going on in there, uh, and it came out really well. I would, again, he's had the help of a professional brewer to help him get that style. You know, he came up with the idea, they came up with the recipe, they brewed it, and he didn't mess it up, so he did good. Yeah. Did your first big stout turn out uh, as well?
1: Uh yeah. Um I've had <laughs> I've had uh, much better luck with stouts than I have with, with big, other stuff? like IPAs. Okay. Uh that's something I'm I've I still struggle with to get it to come across how I want it. Mm-hmm. Um but for some reason stouts I've been able to nail down. Okay. Um so
0: okay, well it sounds like a good is is a stout a good beer to uh, to play with and to try to, you know, is a style a good one to play with when you're homebrewing to try to get your own
1: stuff going on with it? Uh, I think, I think so okay. because you know, that they tend to be big in flavor and, and beers that are bigger in flavor are better to learn with because they'll, they'll cover up.
0: Yeah. More forgiving. Yeah. Flaws. So. Okay. Um, yeah. Excellent.
1: So, how about you, Danny? Do you have any other new and noteworthy's you want to share?
0: Uh, yes. I, um, like you mentioned, John, and I'll mention a little bit later in our topic. I'll go in a little more details about the breweries we visited and the beers, but, um, I did get to visit a couple breweries. Um, one that was just convenient, uh, and one that was just fantastic, uh, and, and, I, I will mention one of the beers in, in my no, new Noteworthy from that fantastic brewery. But uh, the first one I want to mention is uh, is from a big brewery that everyone, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if everyone loves the brewery, but I love the brewery. Uh, one of the, you know, they make my one of my favorite beers, the Arrogant Bastard. They make the Double Bastard. Well, guess what? Stone Brewing made this beer called the Depth Charged Double Bastard Ale. Eleven percent alcohol. It's the double bastard ale with coffee or espresso. And I'll tell you what, uh, this, you know, I'm already in love with the double bastard. You throw a little coffee um, bitterness into it, and it just takes it to a new level. And I think that that coffee finish of this beer kind of knocks down a little bit of that harshness in the malt because it's, it's just a, a big malt forward big malt bomb beer and when you throw that little bit of extra bitterness in the back that's the coffee flavor with the with the bitterness it kind of I don't know it it did something magical and I really really enjoyed uh, this beer so um, that's the one I wanted to mention I had it today I shared it with my son Um, this is a big beer for him He's had the arrogant bastard with me. I don't think he's shared a a double bastard. So it was the first time he had the bigger, the big brother version of the arrogant bastard. And he, uh, he, he did his own. He held his own. He drank half, you know, half that bottle with me. And I actually poured, I said, here, I, I I poured the glasses even and I drank like half of mine in the first two sips. And I saw that he had a, like a, a funny face on. And so I went ahead and poured some of his into my glass and he went and poured it back into his glass. So that's a man right there. He wasn't going to take he wasn't going to let me make him, you know, make a little punk of him. He actually stood up and uh and took his beer back and drank it and and really enjoyed it. He just said that man, it was a a lot more than he was expecting, but it was a good beer. So um the problem is is I'm talking about this beer now. This beer was released in I think October of last year and I picked it up right after release and uh, I, for some reason, it was just sitting in my fridge because it's, it's, you know, this beer can be aged. I didn't realize when I bought it that the depth charge was the fact it had coffee or espresso in it. Normally I would not wait on that because I want to have that coffee flavor. I would, you know, sometimes you can lose that. Um, I knew it was a double bastard and I just thought, I didn't know why it was, I just thought it was like extra powerful, like extra alcohol is why it was depth charge. I didn't realize until today that it had espresso until I read the bottom of the, of the bottle and saw that it actually had espresso and I was just letting it age a little bit, not too long. Uh, I just wanted to, you know, have it, enjoy it when I was in a mood for it. And when I pulled it out because I thought it was something special that my son and I could enjoy together. And then when I saw that it was coffee, I'm glad I drank it before it went, you know, too much longer because I did still have the good coffee flavor in there. But if you can find a bottle in your bottle shop, um, pick it up. I think you guys, uh, anyone that likes, arrogant bastard or double bastard and anyone who likes a a coffee um beer, um this is a, a good coffee beer. And I don't know, I hope I hope Wes has had a chance to try it. Have you John, have you had this beer?
1: I have. I was I was gonna mention I, I had this three months ago. Okay. Um and uh I'm surprised that you said you had coffee in it because at that time neither Chris nor I could really decipher where the coffee was. Really? Um, in that in that beer, so um, I mean, it was still really good, uh, just because it's it was essentially a double bastard. Um, but yeah, we we didn't get the uh, the extra note of coffee in there. Wow, you must have
0: got uh, a bad batch, <laughs> or maybe maybe you needed to let it, maybe maybe you had to age it a couple more months, and it would come out. <laughs> maybe that was a secret. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll well, except I saw it had coffee in it, so I was like, oh, I better drink this uh, pretty fast. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Or maybe we were just both, uh, our palates were at a point that they weren't going to pick that up. So, Yeah, you know, maybe. All kinds of things.
0: Okay, I'm looking at all my friends. Oh, a lot of people that I know have drank this beer. You, Yeah, I see you said there's no coffee coming through, and nobody else mentioned, oh, oh. Uh, Kirk, Kirk says coffee prevails at the onset from the aroma. Yeah, it does an aroma and the late finish, and I agree. I don't know. I got a lot of coffee in mine.
1: Um, I, I'm not saying you didn't. I'm just saying I didn't. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's just stuff happens. Okay. So.
0: so if you have a bottle in your cellar, pull it out. Crack it open, drink it, and let us know if you can taste the coffee or not. Because maybe it needs to be aged. Maybe the aging... Uh, Brought out the coffee. I don't know. But it's pretty pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. All right. Now to talk about the beer that um, I really, really enjoyed in, when I was over on the eastern side of Idaho visiting my daughter. We went to Idaho Falls, which is about 45 miles north of, of Pocatello, where she's going to school. And we visited the Snow Eagle Brewery. Uh, it was a, a great visit. Um, they had fantastic beers. There was eight beers on tap. All eight of those beers were all different styles, unique. The only problem is that is all very high alcohol. Everything was a, was a pretty decent amount of alcohol. I think 5.1% was the lowest at their like their uh, summer ale, and then everything else was up there at you know six, seven, and even up to 14. I think percent was one of them. Um, big beers, but the beer that both my daughter and I fell in love with was the Beaver Dick Brown Pelt ale,
1: <laughs> and
0: uh, this Brown ale is fantastic. Uh, I mean, it was just really good. And um, my daughter's so funny because the beer she's found that in our tastings, she's found that she really likes brown ales uh, because it has that roasted a little bit of that roasty malt that gives you that. that burnt toffee or, you know, toffee or burnt caramel flavor. She likes that. And, um, it's smooth. It doesn't have the bitter finish. She's okay with bitter finishes, but she really prefers something that's not too sweet, not too dry, just kind of just right. And she's found that the brown ale is that beer for her. Um, and she fell in love with this beer. So we, uh, we enjoyed that one. And if you guys, happen to find your way going through Idaho Falls stop at the Snow Eagle Brewery it's a great venue great they have food they have sushi it's a it's a combination brewery brew uh, pub and a sushi bar all in one you can't go wrong oh, wow. you, get, you get everything <laughs> everything you need in one stop so uh stop by and grab the beer. The service was fantastic. The, the, all the people there very friendly, very nice, very. I mean, they were always right there to give us our water, get us our food, get us our beers, answer our questions. Uh, and and again, the beer is incredible. Really, they really all the styles really were, um, you know, they they were they were great examples of the styles. They were clean beers. They didn't have any off flavors. Uh, they they just it was nice it was a a very fun trip and and great beer so the Beaver Dick Pelt Brown Ale or Brown Pelt Ale uh, that's the one
1: go get it yeah and it made me snicker on the tap when I saw it
0: oh yeah so. yeah because the other brown she really liked was the Belligerent Ass Brown Ale <laughs> <laughs> so yeah she like she likes she likes uh, funny name beers. Okay, we don't have any listener questions this episode, which is surprising. Usually, we have at least one listener question, but it's okay. It's been a busy, busy couple of weeks, and uh, you guys have time to get your questions in for the next episode. So don't worry; we'll get you on the next, the next time. But if you want to leave us a question, or you want to tell us about your experiences with Craft Beard, or, or go ahead and tell us about something John and I said. If you guys have had the beers that we just talked about, and you want to either chastise us for for giving bad information or whatever you want to you want to contact the show you can do that you can contact us with with any of your questions or comments through email at tap the craft at gmail.com or you can do it on twitter just at tap the craft and you can also follow us and comment on facebook which is at facebook.com slash tap the craft so hey interact with the show give us your feedback your comments your questions Alright, now it's time for our Brew Buzz segment, which is, of course, the Brew Buzz is devoted to all kinds of various beer-related topics. And on this week, we are going to discuss the art of turning 21. And, uh, in particular, focusing on your first trip to the brewery. And as I mentioned, uh, last week I had the privilege of introducing my daughter to the fun of visiting and sampling from craft breweries. And, in her first uh, two days of being 21, she actually visited two breweries. and, and drank uh, all the offerings they had at those breweries, which ended up being, I think it was 18, 18 beers that she had to sample. And I just want to kind of go over uh, the the rules and and what we did when we, you know, when I introduced her to, uh, you know, to going out and having fun. Uh, whether she's just turned 21 or when she's 30 or whatever. But you know what? It's never too early to teach someone the the way of uh, of drinking responsibly where you can still have a good time and you're not going to get yourself into too much trouble. And that's what this whole segment is, is based on. But we're putting the craft beer twist on it because uh, I just happened to go through this with my daughter. So I thought it would be great to talk about the way that I handled it, in a way that uh, I think is uh, is a you know is a is a good way of introducing someone either new to beer or new to going and visiting breweries, how they can go out and enjoy it. All right, so the first brewery we visited was actually on my daughter's 21st birthday, the day of her birthday. We went out to the local brewery. There's one brewery in Pocatello. And it just happens that that brewery is also a brew pub, so it was it worked out fantastic. We could go, we can get our food, we can get our beer, we can do our sampling without being worried about getting drunk before we actually you know get through all the beers. It's always good to have food along with your drinking. So um, that was seemed like the, the a great opportunity just for uh, father daughter to go out, and I could show her the ropes of sampling beers. And uh, and 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 having her first legal drinks. Now, what's interesting is uh, we we went to two breweries. We went to the, this brewery on her birthday, and the next day we went to another that uh, Snow Eagle Brewery. And at both breweries, now this doesn't normally happen, but at both breweries, neither one uh, asked for her ID. Now, I don't know if it's because some old man was with her uh, and and they didn't want to, you know, they figured that hey, if this guy's there and she's ordering beers, it's okay, but I, th- I thought it was kind of surprising that they didn't carter. And she was all like excited that, man, I've gone to two places and they didn't carter. Now, she was prepared. She actually went out that morning, uh, and went and got her new license that says she's 21. And so she was prepared. But most states, I think, give you a, a grace period of five days before you have to get your license, uh, updated. But she was ready. So that's another, you know, little tip is that if you're going to go out and have fun, why not You know, early in the morning that day, go, you know, if you can, go out and get your license updated so you're, there's no doubt that you're uh, of legal age. All right, so let's discuss the protocol for a safe and fun legal drinking session. Now, I'm going to go through a few steps. I'm going to, uh, this is, you know, this is just how we fall, you know, how I, uh, brought it out to my daughter to kind of teach her the, the responsible and, and safe way of, of having fun and drinking. The first thing is, 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 Have a sober driver or have some means of getting yourself back home after you have your your drinks. You don't want to make your first, second, or third, or even your 15th fun trip out to a brewery be your last because you decided that you wanted to, you know, get drunk and then drive back and either get pulled over or or cause some damage. So drink responsibly. Have someone there that can drive you or make sure you have an Uber or a taxi or somebody you can call to come – bring you home. Be Have that all planned out ahead of time. Don't wait until you need it to, to you know, to go ahead and, and have that. Also, bring someone along with you that understands beer, the different beer styles, and who can help you explain the characteristics of the beers that you'll be sampling. You know, that really helps if you have someone that's knowledgeable like myself or like John, you know, that is, you know, especially helpful if you, if you have that person who's familiar with the beer that we'll be drinking, you know, I I go to uh, a lot of breweries around town, and I'm already familiar with the the beers. So if I'm bringing someone new, a lot of times I can help explain the characteristics, what they're going to be tasting, and and just help them along in their beer journey.
1: If you don't have that, I mean, just sit at the bar, talk to the bartender, or some I mean, somebody there should be excited to talk to you about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: If you, if you do, if you are going by yourself, which I hope that's, I hope you're not going by yourself on your 21st birthday. I hope someone's going along with you because that just, uh, is not right. You gotta, you gotta enjoy this moment with someone else. But yeah, if you are, you know, even, even then, you know, second or third time you go, if you do go by yourself, yeah, sit at the bar. You know, like I mentioned before, when I go to Israel, I sit at the bar not because I need the bartender to, You know, tell me about beer, but because it gives me someone to talk to and it's just kind of nice to be able to have that interaction. Uh, But if, you know, the bartender hopefully will be knowledgeable in the beer and will be able to help you uh, with your selections and and help you with, you know, how the beer is made and why if you taste something special, they can explain what that special uh, taste is, what ingredient may have given it to you. So it's always that's another good, uh, definitely good suggestion, John, to have, you know, set the bar um put food in your stomach, uh real food, not just eating you know, donuts and sweets and junk food. You need to have something that's going to sit in there and be able to uh for one thing displace the the amount of alcohol, right? You're going if you have food in your stomach, that means your stomach's not going to be wanting to take too much beer in at one time. You'll be able to pace yourself a little bit. Plus it gives that base uh a substance in there so that you're not just having the alcohol go straight into your blood system and cause you to be all loopy and crazy so um, try to try to make sure you have some food whether the brewery uh, serves food itself that's even better because then you can order up some appetizers while you're doing your samples and eat that while you're waiting for your main meal uh, it, you know it's kind of nice to be able to you know sample your beers and then go and uh, taste a taste you know taste some food and then you know what you can go ahead and and, and taste a beer along with it to see you know what changes w- with the, the food you're eating if the, the venue doesn't serve food uh, you can most of them will allow you to bring food in and I think a great food that is easy to uh, you know to, to have delivered or you can pick up and bring with you is pizza uh, I think there's a lot of Breweries that have a connection with some kind of a pizza place in the in local area, they may even have a menu right in the in the bar that you can go ahead and call up and have a pizza delivered. Uh, pizza is great with beer. Beer and pizza go t- together really well, so keep that in mind. And if you don't want to do that, you can always bring your own, you know, snacks. And um, well, you know, one nice thing to bring along is pretzels, right? Pretzels kind of again, th- that's a, f- a food that's going to kind of fill up your stomach, kind of. You know, it's going to sit in there and kind of expand a little bit and make you so you're not going to, you know, try to drink too much at, at one time. And here's here's the, the number one, uh, well, not number one, but here's a very important thing you need to do, too, is bring drink water. Either bring your own water or ask for water as you order your beer. So every time that we go and sit down, we we sit down, we order our beer, and we ask for water to go along with us. So um, my daughter did exactly that. We sat down, we said we'd like to get a flight for her to sample all the beers, and we could you please bring us water? And, and she had water along with the beer. So that's always uh, a good idea. And of course, if you're new to a brewery, you don't have any experience with it, uh, order up a whole flight of the beers, all the beers they have on tap. Now, if, if you're at a bar, that might be, that, you know, that's a little too much. But if you're at a brewery, normally it's going to be anywhere from eight to maybe 16 beers. And most of the time it's around eight to 10 is what most small breweries have on tap. You usually don't have all their beers, you know, like 16 beers. Now, if you go to Russian River, you're going to get a big amount of beers, like 28 beers or something like that. But, uh, but keep that in mind. You don't want to, to go too crazy, but order up everything. Why? Why do you want to order up everything? For one thing, these are just, a flight is small samples. So you're not going to get a big giant glass. You're going to feel like you have to drink that whole glass, or you're going to waste your money. You get a small sample. So if you take a sip and you don't like it right off, set it set it down and move on to the next one. Don't feel you have to drink all that sample. It's it's very inexpensive. It's not going to cost you know cost an arm and leg if you waste that one. Um, so so set it down. Go to the next beer. Try it. Then when you're all done. Go back to the first one or a couple that you didn't drink. Try it again. See if your taste buds had changed. Maybe something had changed in your palate that after you got done drinking that IPA, now this other wheat beer or whatever tastes a little bit better. You know, it might might be better.
1: Yeah, and the beer could open up too it's True. Warm, so it yeah, not all, not all the pressure's on you to adapt.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the beer, and again. Like John said, the beers are going to come out of the tap. They're going to be at a certain temperature. That temperature might be a little bit cooler than what it needs to really give the full flavor or to come out uh, you know, in a, more more to your what your palate likes. Um, the other thing is by ordering up the whole flight, you're going to get a sample of a bunch of variety of styles. You may already have an idea what styles you like, but you don't know if you're going to like another style or not if you don't try it. So the best thing to do is just try everything and then if you know just don't drink what you don't like and, and maybe you'll find a style you do like. And just because you don't like a style from one brewery, don't don't let that cloud your judgment. When you go to a new brewery, try their IPAs or whatever style you didn't like because it may be different than the one you had before. Maybe that other brewery ha- brews a bad version of that style. Or an, a different, you know, maybe a unique version that not all, you know, breweries brew. So, you know, try not to, to just get a, a feeling that you're not going to try a beer because of a certain style. If it's a small sample, you're not hurting much, right? If you leave three ounces of a beer in your flight that you're not going to drink, nobody's going to be offended. And you didn't, you know, wait, you wasted a buck, buck fifty.
1: Uh, and it's not, you know, it's not the end of the world, but you owe it to yourself to at least try. Yeah, and another thing that you can do is, or when when you have your flight, start on the lighter end. Uh, Blondales, ambers, lagers, that kind of thing. Work up into stouts and then into hoppy IPAs. Um, I think that it's a good way to go without blowing out your palate with an IPA or something else that maybe you won't really be able to taste that Blondale if you have it you know, right after, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, and you know, we're, you're trying to get a good feel for the brewery and, and for yourself, um, of what, what you do and don't like. Um, and, and in that regard, you know, really focus on, you know, if, if something jumps out and you really enjoy it, well, try to focus on what it is that you really are, are enjoying, uh, a certain flavor or aroma or, you know, whatever it is about that beer that you really like, or you really don't like, try try to grasp that so that if you're asking about another beer or you know somebody's offering it you'll have a better idea of what to expect or whether you you know want to have that or not um and that that's something that can be helpful you know again if you have somebody with you that that knows the beers the brewery you know they can, they can kind of guide you and the and the more that you are you know kind of paying attention the, the easier it is for them to help you mm-hmm. as well all right, so and once you finish your flight, you know, you got all your your samples done, well, you're gonna want some more beer, right? It's your twenty mm-hmm. first. That's right. You're checking out the brewery, you got room. You're young. You can handle it. Uh, so, pick out that beer that you liked. Go get a full or a half pint. You know, some breweries will have a schooner. It's like a ten ounce pour, uh, as opposed to the normal, you know, twelve to sixteen. Um, so you can uh, you know focus in on what you really enjoyed. Um, and, uh, ha- have a full, full experience. And then you can really understand what we're talking about when we're, we say it, the beer will open up as you go through an entire pint, you'll really get to experience it. Um, and it's, it's a lot different than just the the smaller samples. Um, but even still don't overdo it. That's the biggest thing. And, uh, for really not just this, but anytime you're, you're out oh, yeah. doing the, the breweries, um, you know, it's easy to you know get caught up in it, and um, but uh, you know you want to enjoy it and not hate yourself the next morning because you're, <laughs> you're uh, not feeling so great. That's right. That's right. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to add in there?
0: Well, I just want to uh, yeah, I, I just want to say that uh, these these are the basic rules for if you want to go and 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 try out uh, new breweries. Uh, whether you're 21 or 31 or 60, uh, you know these are all good uh, examples to to use to to make your brewery visit the best it could be. Um, and but these rules don't only just apply to to going out on your 21st birthday to a brewery. Uh, it also kind of if you're just gonna go bouncing from bar to bar or or whatever, these are good rules. You know, keep keep your you know have a good base food in your stomach before you you start out. Uh, drink water between all your drinks so you don't overdo it and get your your you know your uh, alcohol and your blood too high. And just take it easy. Don't overdo it. I know you're having fun out there, um, and sometimes things can get away from you. But uh, it's best to just uh, take it in stride and not try to you know. The, as those shots come, you're gonna want to get more and more. If you know you've you've kind of reached your limit, you're kind of getting a little bit lightheaded. Maybe you need to slow down. Instead of having that extra shot, have a a shot of you know a couple shots of water just to uh, ease it out because uh, it feels good at the time, but it will eventually catch up to you where it's going to be a miserable next day, and nobody wants that. So, all right, well that's our brew buzz segment. I just wanted again to highlight the fact that my daughter and I had a fantastic time visiting a couple breweries. Uh, I followed these type of rules with her. She now has the basis for her. Beer journey in the future without me, and uh, I thought it would be good to share. Now, we want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting our show and prov- providing the hosting space at com And if you enjoy the content that John and I put out, then we believe that you will find more great content from some of the other shows that we offer. And here are just a few. Hey, you. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny and John.
1: Now, I know you're a crafty consumer. And if you would like to consume other great podcasts, check out opformradio.com. We house such podcasts as Operform Radio Proper, The 40
0: Cast, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, Just Press Start, The Married Gamers, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Lost Treasures of Gaming, Primetime, My Peanut Gallery, and many, many more. And please, remember to leave these fine fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. Again, thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft. All right, it's time for our Tasting Notes segment. And in this episode, we, or John, will be tasting the Duval. And this is an L. And uh, I'm saying John because, once again, um, my area has failed me. Uh, I have bought this beer in the Boise area before, but right now, at this time of the season, there is no Duval in Boise. Uh, the co-op doesn't have it. Brewers Haven doesn't have it. The other shops don't have it. Uh, they have the, the triple hopped or whatever the, the, the other special one, but we're not drinking that one. We're drinking the regular. So I'll, I'm out of luck. I have to sit back and, uh, drink something else while John is going to hold down the show and give you, our listeners, his tasting notes, what he's going to taste in this beer. But I'll be here as a side commentator to keep the thing rolling. So, we're tasting the Duval from Duval Morgat. It's uh, located in Belgium, and I didn't go out and find the actual city unless you know off the top of your head, John, it's where, it's where it's out of, but it's in Belgium. We'll just say that. The style is a strong, golden, pale ale. Also says it's a special beer fermented in the bottle. So, this is a bottle fermented ale. It's like a, but it's not fully fermented in a bottle, right, John? It's like a, they do a, uh, an additional fermentation in a bottle. It's just bottle
1: conditioned. really. Bottle conditioned, it, okay. Yeah, that's how it's carbonated.
0: Okay, so. all right. It it's eight point five percent alcohol. So this is a pretty decent sized beer. I mean, it's a uh, it's a it's a strong ale. So of course it's going to be a little bit higher in the alcohol. I don't have the bittering units, unless you know off the top of your head, John, what those are. No. Okay. No, and they don't
1: put it on the bottle either.
0: All right. Well, it gets imported in three different sizes. You can get a third of a liter, a three quarters of a liter, and a one point five liter bottle of this. Plus, if you're lucky, you might even have a keg at, a, at some specialty beer uh, bar. But uh, I, you know, I don't know if we're going to have that in the states very much. I know over in in Europe, you you're going to get it uh, on tap. I got it. I have had it on tap in Israel when I visited. Um, but i I haven't had it on tap here in the states so john um you I, I heard you open your bottle and you've poured it into your glass so uh, you want to explain what uh, can, what type type of uh, glass we're using to drink this beer
1: uh so I had a the one third liter bottle mm-hmm. uh which I've poured into my duval tulip oh you have so a duval tulip I'm, nice following their directions as much as possible. Oh, excellent. Uh, Excellent. (laughs) Excellent.
0: All right. So, um, what, what does the color of your beer look like?
1: Uh, it's very yellow. I, you know, maybe even, uh, lighter enough to be kind of a pale straw. It's very Mm -hmm. light. Um, but it is crystal clear. Um, it's, I mean, there's not as any someone's page I can read, perfectly through it oh nice on on the computer bubbles um so i so it says on the bottle pour unhurriedly um and i'm sure that's partly because there's you know you sitting in the bottom and everything Mm -hmm. else but despite my best efforts this thing foamed up like crazy (laughs) um and i had almost you know three inches of head in my little tool class oh wow Uh, so that's now receded to about a a little over a finger's worth uh, of head um mixed bubbles uh there are a lot of fine bubbles but uh still a lot of bigger ones too so um but it seems to be holding strong now okay uh it's settled a bit
0: is it a white white head or is it an off white head uh it's a bit off white okay yeah and, uh, okay, so, so now we just covered the, the head, great head. Uh, lacing will, will tell as you start to drink it a little bit, but I'm sure there'll be a good, good lacing uh, on
1: there. It, it's left it where it had foamed up before, Okay, so, yeah. all right, that's good. Be-
0: all right, so now it's time for you to get your nose in there and take a big old sniff of that beer and, uh, let us know all the, the interesting flavor or aromas you're gonna smell out of the thing.
1: Yeah, so upfront it's uh there's definitely a, a graininess to it. Okay. Um I don't I, I guess I, I could call it wheat, uh, but it's it's probably just a a pilsner malt kind of character coming through. Okay. I would imagine that's what they're using in in this beer. Um but there is some yeast uh character going on. Uh definitely some a l- little bit of a spiciness. Mm-hmm. Um but also kind of a fruitier undertone.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. Well, but, has has it enticed you to want to take a sip? Uh no, I think we're done here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: well, well, you can go ahead and and take a sip. Uh and let us know what you're going to what your initial flavor is that you're getting out of the the initial sip and then what you're going to get as uh, it it goes through the the
1: phases of of your taste buds. Um, so yeah, up front, you definitely get into more of that sweetness, uh, some of that kind of fruity character. Um, it's even almost like a dark fruit, mm. um, which I wouldn't really expect in a beer this light. Yeah, um, but I. Uh, I haven't had this beer for a really long time. Um, so I don't remember, you know, what it was like in the past. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's got a uh, yeah, a bit of fruitiness. Um, there's almost a, a little bit of a bubblegum kind of character going okay. on in here. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. All right. How about um,
0: uh, any more flavors or you want to go uh, and the body you can talk about the body too if you want to uh if you have any more flavors or body
1: characteristics uh i last note on the on the flavor mm-hmm. uh, there's no no hops um really coming through with this and uh you do get um some more of that graininess okay enough, uh, towards the back so uh but the body uh medium body um Medium to medium high carbonation. Uh, it's got some, some solid carbonation in here. Um, you would be burping up a storm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think I. When I've had this, I I think I usually do have a lot of burps coming up.
1: Yeah, but uh, yeah, it it actually it, despite a higher carbonation, it does feel you know a solid medium i mean it's 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 not uh a light watery beer by any means mm-hmm. um so uh but let's see in the in the finish let I me mean, let me take another step let me refresh my finish here okay yeah, re- a re-
0: yeah refresh your finish and uh one one thing that you haven't mentioned in the body yet and you, maybe you'll mention the finish is whether or not that uh i mean it's eight and a half percent and that's a a lot for a lighter uh you know, lighter L. Uh and so sometimes the, the booziness might come out and, and let us know if, if this beer hides that eight and a half percent well.
1: Yeah, I don't pick it up at all. Yeah. So um yes, it's definitely hidden in there. Um but uh yeah, it it finishes uh pretty dry. There's not really a lingering sweetness of any kind. That's good. Um there's a slight Astringency, um, kind of on the sides of the tongue, uh, but it, it doesn't last, so it's, it, it's kind of fleeting. So it's not, it doesn't really detract too much. Yeah, overall, very solid. Um, I'm enjoying this.
0: Okay, excellent. All right, well, now comes the question, and I'm going to give it a two part because uh, I, I think I know the answer of our normal question, but. I want to ask another question. So every every beer tasting we do, we ask whether or not this beer is recommended for new people to craft beer. So I want you to answer that question. But I also want you to answer if this is a good beer for somebody that is wanting to get into Belgian ales or Belgian style ales. Uh, so let us know what, what do you think on both those questions.
1: So, yeah, not, not a new person to craft yeah. beer. Uh, <laughs> <even> <laughs> I figured that. that. <laughs> um, but I would say this is pretty approachable in terms of wanting to dive in to get more into Belgians. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the yeast character isn't crazy. Mm-hmm. It gives you, you know, some of those nice notes, but it's not, uh, fully dominating, uh, the beer. Um, and I, I think that is kind of what puts off a lot of people. It's just not anything they're used to. They're used to all these beers with really clean yeast yeah. Uh, character. Yeah. Um, but this, you know, provides it in a in a pretty nice way. So yeah, I'd say this would be a good, um, you know, foray into Belgians. Okay, good. That's
0: good. I I was hoping to be able to give a two part answer because I know I agree that this this beer would not be something I recommend to someone just getting into beer, craft beer. Uh, I I think it's just uh, too much going on. But it's nice to know that it's something that. Someone that wants to dive into Belgian beers, just get a feel for it, that this would be a good entry into it because it's not too overwhelming with all those uh, flavors. So that's that's great. And the, the recommended glass, where you've already told us, it's the tulip glass, the actual Duval tulip glass. And they recommend that you use that glass and you serve the beer at 5
1: degrees Celsius. Um, I left my thermometer upstairs, so okay. I can't tell you. So well, I, I did... I, I did pull it out so it would warm up before okay. we got to the tasting. So. Okay,
0: okay. Um, now now comes the time where you give us your rating on how you would rate this beer according to the Tap the Craft
1: rating scale. So on our our rating scale, I would put this at uh, Memorable. All right. Um, I think – because, the, the, you know – as, as they're listed here, one up from that is recommended daily drinker. <laughs> I don't think I would uh, put it in that category. Um, but memorable, I would tell my friends to try it. So um, I, I think that's that's where we, I, would, I would land on this one. All right. So. Hey,
0: I you know what? I think I agree with you on your rating. Even though I'm not drinking right now, I've had it before a few times. And I, I think you're right. I think it's not something I want to drink every day. Or I tell people to drink every day, but it's something that I I think people need to try because it's a good beer. In fact, when we picked the beer, which Belgium we were going to do, we had a couple choices, and I chose this one because this is the one I enjoyed more. Of course, I'm not drinking it, but it, it, that you know <laughs> that that's the one that I actually liked better than Or Orville Orval's an, is an okay. It's a, it's a good beer too, but for some reason I like this one better. I thought it was, in my opinion, it was more. Well-rounded and and had a, a, a more approachable flavor that it, that I think people would enjoy. So,
1: well, or would have been our first uh, Brettanomyces beer, as it has Brettanomyces in it. Does it? Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh! I didn't I didn't realize that. I I was uh, unaware that it had. At least I didn't realize it had it in there. Wow. Okay. Well, you know what? We can do a, a, a Brett beer. Uh, in the future, if it's not Orville, we can do another one. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, the uh, I, the malts were just generic uh, malts. They didn't give any details on the malts that they used in it. I think there was like four different malts. Um, but what they, they did tell us, some of the hops, they used Bohemian Saz and Slov- very Slovian Styrian Golding. Yeah, yeah, those are the hops in there. Now, it's, it's interesting. That's what I would here.
1: expect. Noble.
0: Yeah, Noble, noble hops. hops. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and and the, and the, basically, the I don't remember the details on the malts, but they were generic pills, like, you know, regular malts that were nothing special. They just kind of said four different malts from the area in Belgium or wherever that they do it. So, all right. Well, hey, anything else on that, John? Uh, you did a great job. Yeah. Uh, with your tasting on your own, on the spot, holding the show down, you, you did great.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think I have anything else to add for this one.
0: Okay. I hope that our listeners, I hope you enjoyed the beer. Let us know what your tasting notes are on this beer. Did we did we screw you over? Are you pissed off that we made you drink this beer? Let us know. We'll be glad to, to have a conversation with you. Now let's move into our news article for this week. And... This article was from the Chicago Tribune, and it's labeled or it's, uh, titled "We Rate Anheuser-Busch Versions of Goose Island Beers Five Years After the Sale." And John, you brought this article to us. I kind of highlighted some of the major uh, ideas that came out of it. I'll go ahead and just uh, discuss that real quick, and then we can go into the discussion on uh, on these things as as I talk about. It. So. Basically, the article discusses the hurdle of scaling recipes brewed on a 50-barrel system, which is what Goose Island was using before, or what they use at their main brewery before now. That Andrew Bush wants to scale it up to their 1,000-barrel systems while maintaining the very same, uh, the same or very similar characteristics of the original recipe or re- original beers. Uh, it, you know, talking about the challenges. Uh, it's not easy. You know, and John, you probably know just from your experiences with your homebrew system that you started off with five-gallon system that you had uh, on a stove or whatever. You've moved up to a bigger system that's now 14, 20-gallon system that has a a, a whole different type of, of system. And I'm sure that when you moved up to that that new system, you had to adjust your recipes and the, the, the you know the timings and everything to meet the new system requirements. So it's a challenge even in a small scale to do that. And then you can imagine that moving it up to a huge scale like from 50 to 1,000 barrels has got to be a challenge.
1: Yeah, and, you know, they're uh... – the way hops are utilized, uh, when the way that they, uh, I summarize and get the bitterness, all that is different, um, based on, you know, the, the size of your boil volume mm-hmm. and uh, how do I, it's kind of, uh, <clears throat> it also depends on how high your gravity is at that point, and um, you know, I don't and I, I know that to one some degree that Anheuser-Busch for some of their beers they basically brew a uh much bigger version and it gets watered down mm. um into what ends up on their shelves um but uh you know if they were to follow some of that same ideology that's going to also change how the hops are are utilized so There's a there's a lot of different things that go into play, Um, but uh, yeah, my challenges are 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 nothing like uh, this scale. No, yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Well, you you brought up a good point. Um, One of the things in the articles, we're not going to go into details on every aspect, but as you mentioned, one of the things when they were trying to brew the IPA on their, uh, I think it was the IPA or one of their other beers, they were trying to brew it on the big system. They realized that, man. To enable to get the aroma that you, that you want to find in that beer on the bigger system, they had to increase the amount of hops by a, a bunch, right? It wasn't just like an equal uh, percentage of it, but because the volume is so big and to get that aroma across that volume of beer, they really had to dump a ton of, of hops to get the flavor and aromas that they wanted. So, um, I mean, it makes me wonder if there, you know, now there's this beer that on the 50-barrel system costs a certain amount. Well, the, the it's exponential when you go to the 1,000 because it's not just a linear, uh, you know, if I have uh, whatever, you know, uh, 16 pounds of hops uh, in the 50-barrel. Now I need, uh, you know, uh, 1,600 pounds of hops. It may be 3,200 pounds of hops or whatever, right? It might be a lot bigger than... The linear because of the fact that in it you, if you want to get that aroma that's in there, you have to increase it to an amount that will, will get that aroma into all that beer, uh, effectively. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a problem. It's a problem. So, um, the first beer that they tried that they were wanting to mass produce on the big system was the, uh, the Goose Island 312 Urban Wheat and uh, they were brewing this thing on the big system and it took they had to dump five full batches before the previous owner would accept the beers being what he wanted to put out to the masses more you know more like what the the original beer was he they dumped five batches that's 5000 barrels of beer went in the trash before they were able to, to, to really get that scaling correct? That's a lot yeah, that, of beer.
1: Yeah, that's more beer than a lot of our, like, favorite local places brew in a year. Yeah. <laughs> they looked <laughs> it out for these five batches trying to get it right, so.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so so um, it wasn't an easy task, and they didn't just, ex- it's, it's, you know, it sounds like he wasn't just going to accept whatever it could be done, right? They wanted to make sure, and it's both, Hazard Bush and... Goose Island, they both had the same mission as far as we can tell. They both wanted to have the beer the way that it was initially tasted and, and, and get the right, you know, make sure that people don't go and drink it and now they're completely turned off because it's not the same beer. So it took some effort and, you know, and some uh, resources to, to get it the way that they wanted. So I have to hand it to them that, hey, uh, sometimes, you know, to, to make it work, you've got to, it, it costs you a little bit of uh, product and a little bit of time and a little bit of money. Uh, but hey, uh, now they have five of the core Goose Island beers have all been scaled up to the big brewery output that they can use in the big Anheuser-Busch breweries. And uh, some of the recipes were brewed similar, similarly to the original 50-barrel system, but a lot, you know, some of them were actually changed quite a bit in order to maintain that flavor and that profile's characteristics that they had in the original. So it depends on the style of the beer and what had to be done to get it to the, the point where it was acceptable to be sold as the same beer as the original. And uh, what was interesting is, um, you know, Anheuser-Busch is known for adding their adjuncts into their beer to, uh, you know, bring up that alcohol and whatever, the, the rice or whatever they use. Well, no adjuncts were added into the Goose Island beer, so they didn't sacrifice quality uh, just to make it easy, right? They they actually are brewing it the way that it needs to be brewed they, without. They brew the hard way, right? They they're brewing they the hard way. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they're brewing the hard way. So uh, that, that's good, right? Everyone's you know everyone in the back of their mind is is wondering whether or not they took shortcuts or they have to take shortcuts or being forced to take shortcuts now that they're part of a big brewer. And uh, it looks like they're they weren't forced.
1: Yeah, and it does mention also that they have similar projects underway for uh, the some of the other breweries that have been acquired, and it spe- specifically mentioned Elysian and their Immortal IPA and the Space uh, Dust IPA. Yeah, IPA. Uh, you know, we can expect to see more of those hitting the shelves soon. Yeah, sp- uh, Space Dust is
0: a great IPA, and and you know it makes me. Th- Think they're going to have a similar problem, um, you know, with the hops, right? They're going to have to add a lot more hops to get that aroma that these uh, these big, you know, um, uh, uh, aromatic IPAs have. They're going to have to put a lot more hops into it. So um, the article, the the author of the article, he took the five beers that now is being produced by Goose Island in the big. Uh, Hazard Bush breweries, and he kind of rated them in a general uh, rating style as far as his opinion on which were done really well and which were just uh, so-so, you know, and and such. I don't know, John, if you want to to talk about it at all, but I thought I'd just mention quickly what he what he thought the two the two beers of the five that were done uh, top-notch, like they that really didn't suffer at all with the transfer over to the, the big beer. The first one he mentions is the the Goose Island Four Star Pilsners. So, of course, it's a pilsner. So I would imagine that Anastasia Bush wouldn't have a problem with this.
1: Yeah, that should be right in their wheelhouse. Um, so, yeah, that's not surprising that they'd be able to, to scale that one up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, the one that also doesn't surprise me, because I've actually had this uh, since they've been brewing with the big system, and I think it's a damn decent IPA, is their IPA, the Goose Island IPA, which I've already mentioned on the show that the one nice thing about having Anheuser busch or these big breweries, big beer guys having some craft beer in their lineup is now when I go to an event that's only sponsored by big beer – I actually have an option to drink something that tastes that tastes good to me, and I've had this Goose Island IPA on a number of occasions when I go out to events that only serve uh, Anheuser Busch beers, and it's a, it is very nice to to have this IPA, and and honestly, I, you know, I, I can't tell a difference that it's been brewed by uh, Anheuser Busch.
1: You know, they they do make the the note that. Uh, you have to be careful because when it's mass produced, it can tend to be old by the time you. Oh get yeah,
0: it. yeah, good point. Um,
1: so, uh, yeah, check check to see if they have got dates on there, and uh, especially for the IPA, if it's you know more than two three months, you may want to pick something else. Yeah.
0: Okay. Good point. Good point. Uh, so yeah, that's. Uh... I mean, I'll just talk briefly. They, you know, where did that uh, 312, 312 urban weed ale fall into his uh, taste buds? Well, it wasn't the worst, it wasn't the best. It was right. It was just so so. Something that he said just wasn't wasn't too bad. So, um, oh well. I mean, I guess it's uh, maybe it's not as good as the original, um, but people that never had it maybe won't know whether it's as good or not. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and that, that one and the IPA are the ones that we really see out here in, in Seattle, at least. I know I'm more familiar with the Honkers from being in Ohio, Honkers Ale from Goose Island, mm-hmm. um, but I don't see that anymore, um, just the 312 and the, the IPA, okay. Uh, at least out here.
0: Yeah, I, I've i only seen uh, those two beers myself, the 312 and the IPA. I haven't, I haven't seen – I might have seen Honkers one time. They may have had it out, but it's not something that comes – well, maybe now it's coming out more. I haven't even checked to see if it is available because now that they're, it's being distributed pretty m- massively. I, maybe we will see it around, and maybe it is here. But it's not something that yeah, I've I imagine, tried.
1: Yeah, I imagine it could ramp up as we as we go here.
0: Okay. All right then. Well, hey, that's our news article, and John, it's your. It's. I know you're going to be disappointed because that means we have to uh, wrap it up and get this episode out to our listeners. But it's that time of this of the show where we have an opportunity to raise our glass, give a toast to uh, to anyone we want to give a toast to. So, is there anyone or any ones you would like to to toast tonight?
1: I just want to give Robert uh, just another thank you for sending us the beer. Uh, we both really enjoyed it and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hey, hopefully he he cut the itch. I, I'd love to get another brewer gone.
0: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, no, I agree. Thank you, Robert. Um, you were very generous in sending both John and I beer. Uh, we we both appreciate it. Um, I got you know you I I had made a comment to you when you you had uh, uh, found this uh, I P one of the guys that that you came across at work had had this uh, Lagunitas IPA sign and I said ooh I need to get one of those. Um, thank you for sending me the sign. I really appreciate it. It's going to be hung up in my, uh, beer room to, for everyone to see. So, uh, I'm really, I'm really, uh, happy about it. You know, I love Lagunitas, is my favorite brewery. So, um, yeah, thank you for that too. And for me, I just want to, uh, just give a toast to my daughter. She is uh, starting her craft beer journey. She's starting it well and i really had fun teaching her about the different styles of beer teaching her how to drink responsibly and uh, and now she's on untapped and i'm you know she's going to she's going to try things and uh, i'm open to that you know and sometimes she's going to try things that maybe you know that i wouldn't a- approve but that's okay she's uh, she needs to find what she likes and dislikes on her, her own and whether that's a uh, uh, Bud Light, uh, Limerita, or whatever she might find—that's her her choice. <laughs> and then the only way she's gonna know if she likes it or not is by trying it. So I I'm not gonna falter for that. And she's already off to a great start. She knows what she likes. She likes brown ales, so keep out there looking for those brown ales, honey, and uh, let me know uh, what you what you know how they go. You know me. Uh, I'm very proud of all our military men and women out there. I just want to raise my glass to you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for our freedoms. Without you guys protecting us, John and I couldn't be sitting here right now. We wouldn't have the the freedoms to talk about craft beer and let everyone uh, learn uh, about our journey and help them in their journey. So thank you. And if you do enjoy what John and I do, we don't, you know... We accept your beer. Thank you, Robert. Um, We don't ask you for it. But what we would appreciate if you just take a couple minutes out of your day and write an iTunes review. That will help our show get noticed on the iTunes community, get it out to more people. So that's all we ask. And you can find the beers and the links to articles mentioned on the show in our show notes, which are located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you would like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and at Untapped at Loose Screw. And John, how can listeners follow you?
1: Uh, Twitter at Prime Brewing, Untapped Prime WA, and I write about homebrewing at homebrewengineer.com. Working on a couple more projects for the Conical, so stay tuned. They're almost done. So
0: Excellent. Excellent. Can't wait to get those articles out there. Fantastic. All right, well, it's last call, and it's time to bring our show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show, and we ask you to please subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or TuneIn Radio, or however you listen to your podcasts. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers.